Hello, and welcome to a very special episode of the Haskin Cast podcast. I'm your host, Scott Haskin, and I am incredibly excited today because it is album release day. This is the day that all of us artists in the music world look very, very forward to when it happens. Sometimes it's once a year or twice a year or once every four years or 10 years, depending on what you do, who you work with, all that good stuff. But for me, I think this is album 26, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, some of those albums I have pulled off the market because as I've grown as a musician and someone who produces a certain quality of music, I like to think. Um, the older albums really just aren't up to snuff. And uh, I think that my skills as a songwriter, as well as a, a recording engineer, have uh, really grown leaps and bounds since some of those older albums. So uh, I will be re-releasing that music as time goes on. The goal is to do one or two albums a year, uh, along with a new album or two, depending on how uh, time and other projects allow. Uh, I'm actually going to be taking a step away from music for a little bit to work on another project that uh, hopefully will uh, bring about some good things and uh, make a lot of people happy. And I will you know, talk about that as I can. Uh, it's just in the beginning stages right now. and um, But right now we're talking about the newest release, Haunted Holidays, Deadly Christmas 3 the third and final album in the Christmas series of horror music, where I take your favorite songs from your Christmas childhood and uh, turn them into absolute nightmares. And uh, I've had so much fun doing these albums. The The timing of them has been really weird because I kept saying I would work on them in the wintertime and just have them ready, you know, a good like nine, 10 months before it was time to release them. And then I got involved in other things. I'm like, well, I'll do this next. And then, okay, let me do this. And then I'll do that. And and it it always ends up to where I'm recording these things in in July when it's 118 degrees outside. And so I save every Netflix holiday movie I can try and get into that Christmas spirit uh, so that I can ruin it for you. And, uh, you know, try to not pretend that uh, it's ridiculously hot and that I'm back in Michigan where there's this, you know, a foot and a half of snow outside and the sky is completely gray and it's freezing cold and uh, you can't wear uh, enough layers of clothes just to go outside and check the mail. At least that's how it was when I grew up. It's not quite like that anymore from what I see. Um, they don't have the kind of winters that we used to have. They still get it rough from time to time in the uh, Detroit area where I grew up, uh, but not quite like it was uh, when I was a kid where you could just start, uh, you know, you could make a little tiny snowball and roll it across the yard and uh, come up with a boulder because the, the snow was so thick and great for packing. And I uh, actually did that and put several boulders together and then carved out uh, a hole in it and pretended that I was on Hoth uh, trying to escape from, uh, you know, that beast that had Luke uh, iced in when he was upside down trying to reach for his lightsaber. Um, lots of good times in the winter. A uh, lot of fun. But uh, that is that is kind of one thing I do miss in the, at the holiday time is not having that kind of weather. It does get quite cold here in Vegas. But if you were to fly from, say, uh, you know, Chicago or uh, New York, where it gets really, really cold, and then you were to fly to Vegas at Christmas time, where we're in jackets and shivering, you'd probably be out in shorts and a t-shirt because you're acclimated to colder weather, and we're acclimated to hotter weather. So the colder weather tends to affect us a little more, uh, whereas the hotter weather would probably make you guys miserable, which is why tourism is often down a little bit in the summer, 
Uh, although that's when kids are out of school and people are freed up to go on vacation. So uh, a lot of them tend to just deal with it. And you're inside a good amount of the time. So it's not really that bad uh, to come and visit and say, uh, you know, June or July or August. So let's talk about the album. Now, the album, uh, as you can see in the show notes, is available on iTunes, Spotify, CD Baby, uh, Amazon, Google Play, uh, all the uh, all the normal places. And uh, if you would like to do a review of the album, then uh, get in contact with me. You can write me at scott at scotthaskin.com and, uh, and we can talk about that. I would love that if you would. Obviously, you know, the the thing in this business, uh, really anything in entertainment um, is about word of mouth. It's about, uh, you know, helping people get their information out. And uh, I try to do that, especially with people who have been on the show. When I find out that they're doing something, um, I try to to get those links shared or those, uh, you know, project notifications out there. And uh, I hope I'm doing a good job of that. But right now, again, I get sidetracked so easily. Let's talk about Haunted Holidays Deadly Christmas 3. Now, there may be another Haunted Holidays album. I, I've really toyed with the idea of doing like uh, other holidays, but there, you know, with Christmas, it's so easy because there's just so many songs to choose from, so many that are in the public domain that, that makes things really easy. And, um, you know, it's just kind of a, I, I, it's not the low hanging fruit because to do a horror version of it is actually not very easy at all. But, uh, but to go after like the public domain Christmas song genre, uh, really is. And I've done, I did a single of We Three Kings uh, with my friends Bruce and, and Taryn, uh, who did a great job on that song. And that's also available on all the other uh, places that I just mentioned uh, as a single that you can get. And, uh, but I had so much fun, you know, carving uh, sort of these uh, ethereal audio horror landscapes to put the background to the dialogue. And when I did the first album, the uh, the old man's voice, the sort of Gandalf of the Haunted Holiday series, was actually a complete accident. I was getting ready to start one of the songs, and I just started talking in that voice. I have no idea where it came from. Uh, it wasn't anything I'd even considered before. I was going to do everything in straight narration. Uh, but I really liked it. So I, I played around with it a little bit and I ended up uh, using it on that album and then all the subsequent albums. So I kind of rotate back and forth between the uh, the straight narrator and the old man narrator, which he's actually a lot of fun to do. But that's it can be a little tiring on my voice, uh, especially because I'm not somebody who's good at vocals. I don't really speak a whole lot. So my voice tends to get uh a little thin sounding and, uh, and it wears down on my vocal cords a little bit. Uh, the most talking I do really is probably the podcast when I'm recording that or, or, uh, you know, interviewing somebody, uh, or, or setting up the interviews. I probably do more, uh, communication that way than I do anywhere else in life. Cause I actually don't interact with people a whole lot. So I really don't speak much. And, uh, the first song is called, uh, a little town of destruction. And it is about, uh, you know, the, the, the famous town of Bethlehem, but looking at it through a completely different set of eyes of what could have been. And uh, it just weaves a completely different story uh, from anything that we've ever heard. And hopefully it's, uh, you know, something that uh, makes you smile and enjoy and uh, makes you think a little bit. And here's a little taste of that.
town of Bethlehem was not always what it was cracked up to be. While the perception was that it was a place to go for protection and nourishment, a beacon lying in the vast plains, it was anything but. Certainly they would take in wayward travelers, but none ever left alive. When someone from the outside would knock on the pearly gates, they would be allowed entrance, immediately stripped of all their possessions and tortured for intelligence about the town they had come from. After that, they would be put to work in camps or in the fields. Those were the lucky ones. Well, depending on how you looked at it. Well, there's always another twist, isn't there? And just as I was getting ready to uh, load in that clip, I went to take a sip of water and spilled half of it all over my shirt. So that was fun. Uh, The next song on the album is called Hark the Herald Angels Lie. And uh, this is the story of how the uh, the world came to be in the way that we know it, and uh, the earliest signs of the manipulation of man and how uh, easily fold we could be. And here's uh, a little bit of that. After the hierarchy of the heavens and the earth were decided, there was a long, quiet time as everyone settled into their roles. Before long, the angels, who had been tasked with looking over those living on earth, became tired and bored of spending all their time watching others and not doing anything for themselves. Over the following weeks, they developed a plan to move up the ladder and carve a space for a luxurious, responsibility-free future in heaven. The angels knew they had to start small so their plan would hatch unnoticed. Now, if you're not familiar with the Haunted Holidays series yet, and this is your first uh, opportunity to hear it, uh, definitely uh, wanted to create some uh, dark, really creepy moods to kind of set the tone for the stories, uh, which are also very dark. And uh, I I really think that uh, I found some really good atmospheres on this one that, uh, that I layered together uh, to create the uh, the overall effect. And uh, some of them had a lot of tracks, some of them only had a few tracks, but I think uh, every song uh, on this one seems pretty, uh, pretty rich and full. And uh, originally I recorded all the dialogue at the same time that I recorded Haunted Holidays 2. Uh, I did it all as, as one large session and then just broke up which songs I wanted on each album and, uh, and then which voice I was going to have uh, obviously was, was planned ahead of time. But uh, it worked out pretty well. And um, then uh, I did some of the basic music, uh, like right after the release of uh, Haunted Holidays 2. And then uh, I just decided it wasn't enough. And I actually went back starting in July and uh, reworked a lot of the audio. And uh, I think I'm very, very happy with the final result of it. It's It's been a lot of work. And these albums are really, really tough uh, to mix because... You want to keep that rich uh, fullness of the background, but you also have to carve out room for the dialogue. So it's a very careful balance of where you place things, uh, in in how uh, where the sound starts and stops, uh, where you hear it in the sound field, whether it's towards the left ear or towards the right ear in the center, uh, how it comes in and out with uh, within conjunction to the dialogue. It's uh, it's actually quite a process. So for these last two albums, I really thought about that a lot uh, while I was writing the music because I knew how I wanted the dialogue to go. So uh, I, I really tailored the audio to, to allow 
sort of a, a resting place for that dialogue to sit so that you could hear it uh, clearly without it being so far ahead of the atmosphere that you didn't really get the full feeling of the song that uh, that I had intended. Because if you just tell a creepy story with, with some sound way in the background, that's really not very powerful. It's not really going to have that same effect. But if you can find a way to present it all together uh, in a way that uh, is surrounding you uh, while the story almost feels like it's coming from you because it's right in your ears. Uh, that's about the best balance I could find for these albums. And I'm really happy with the mix on this one too. And uh, a shout out to my friend, Randy, by the way, who is my audio beta tester. Whenever I finish uh, doing a, a mix before I do the mastering, I send it over to him and I say, okay, here's what I'm going for. Did I come close? You know, what do I need to do? And, and he said that this was one of the best ones that I had done yet. So thank you very much, Randy, for taking the time as always to uh, to give me some feedback before I send this out to the world. And additional shout outs, uh, as I mentioned on a recent podcast, go to Kelly at OutsideTheBox.photo, who did an absolutely amazing job with his album cover. This one was totally her. Uh, there was no idea for me, no sketch at all. Uh, as with the second one, the, the only thing that I told her was uh, on the first one is that I wanted something that had that same feeling as Bosch's uh, version of hell. And uh, I want that feeling, you know, it doesn't have to be that obviously, but I want that feeling. And she came up with the first one, which was absolutely stunning. Uh, and, and I still, I see that creature so many different ways when I look at it. And then the second one was completely her idea. Uh, this one was completely her idea. And, uh, I absolutely loved, loved, loved what she came up with. I think that all three of the covers, uh, stand up well next to each other, but also as individual album covers, I think that they're all, um, just absolutely amazing. So thank you, Kelly, for always being, uh, just, just on the spot and beyond what I could expect with, with each thing that we do. I absolutely love working with you. And uh, the lettering on all three albums was done by the wonderful Rebecca Poole of Dreams to Media. She has uh, done a few projects with me since uh, I was not happy with the people I was working with previously. And uh, she stepped in uh, on the first Haunted Holidays album sort of at the last minute and did a, uh, a fantastic job on the lettering. And then she kept up the uh, the lettering on those and then started working on the um, mental sauna albums as I put those out and I will uh, happily continue to work with her. Uh, she's absolutely spectacular. And both of these ladies, by the way, are just such lovely people and dear friends. And it's great when you can have a team of people that you can go to that, you know, you can trust, you know, that they're very good at what they do professionally, but you also know their, their dedication, their level of quality and commitment to, uh, the happiness of uh, whoever they're working for. And uh, I, I'm absolutely uh, really lucky to be working with both of them. And uh, so check them out. Kelly is at uh, outside the box.photo and Rebecca as is at uh, dreams to media. So uh, moving into the next song. Now we have uh, a song called we three Kings will take your soul and they will.
It has been said that we are all connected through energy. That may be more true than you think. When the universe was being created, after the planets and suns were made, there were few resources left to make the population. Three lords were put in charge of making sure the population grew quickly. They searched high and low to find any available energy for the task, but there was very little to find. Frustrated in their lack of options, they took the little they gathered and just made a few souls. Yes, they did. And certainly you will probably never look at energy the same way again. Now, again, uh, all these are completely fictitious stories. I'm not basing anything on fact or science or anything I've ever read. Uh, these are all just completely uh, new ideas that I came up with, at least new to me. As far as I know, uh, these versions of these stories have never been told before. And uh, it's, it's a nice balance. Uh, I do a lot of relaxation music. And it's a nice balance to, uh, you know, calm you down and then, uh, you know, keep you up at night with uh, the stories that I'm telling here on these albums. The next song is called What Child Is This? And uh, while you might be thinking of a classic Christmas tale running through your head, uh, no, this is not. <laughs> this is a uh, completely different version of The Birth of Jesus. And uh, I dare anybody to prove to me that it didn't happen this way. I don't think you can. And here is, this is one of my favorite songs. Now, uh, I'm playing a snippet of it here, but in the links uh, in the show notes, there will be a link to the YouTube version of it where I have uh, set the audio to a uh, video of a flame that's been uh, you know filtered to, to be a little bit darker and creepier to go along with the story. Uh, but I actually shot that flame uh, Christmas two years ago at the Green Valley Ranch Casino. They have this wonderful uh, backyard with uh, pools and little entertainment areas and a bar, and they had these uh, fire beams. And so I just set my camera down and, and recorded the fire beam for a little bit. Uh, it's really hard to find any good fire. So the only really good fire is to catch actual real fire. And uh, these bars are, are just perfect. They're, they're warm, but they're not too hot. And uh, they, they actually burn very beautifully. So uh, that's what you're seeing in the video. And uh, hear the snippet here. And if you like the song, which I hope you do, go check out the full version on YouTube. And, uh, you know, as an artist, it, it's hard to do this, to, to uh, ask for uh, a little bit of return. But I will ask if you like it, please click like on the video. Uh, feel free to leave a comment in the description. Uh, feel free to share it via the YouTube share link. Uh, anything at all. Uh, also, the same with the album. If, you're, if you like the album, uh, or any of the songs on it, please feel free to rate it on any of the various systems where you can purchase it. Uh, and if you uh, want to go a step further, uh, go ahead and leave some feedback for the album as well. Um, I, you know, if you don't like it, that's fine. If you like it, that's great. Uh, I always want honesty. You know, I don't like to pad things. Uh, you know, if I didn't do a good job or if I didn't uh, strike a chord with you, that's okay. Uh, I, I take it all in stride and uh, it's important to hear those things. But I have to say, and I've talked about this on the show before, the feedback has to make sense. If you're just going to say, I don't like it and post that, um, that doesn't really help anybody to decide whether they might like it or not. If you can expand a little bit, like I didn't really like it. I thought it was too dark or I didn't really like the stories or, you know, whatever. To, to, if you're going to leave the feedback to help other people, then say something that's helpful. That's all I ask. So, um, the next uh, song is what's, What Child Is This? And here is a little bit of that. Mm -hmm. 
like, whose child is this? Mary and Joseph is a sketchy one at best. Little is known about these two, and for good reason. They would have been omitted completely from history, but there would have been too many questions about Jesus' earthly origins. Still, they just seem to vanish from the picture as suddenly as they appeared. While we may know her as a simple woman... You know, as I was thinking about what I wanted to tell in this story, I was trying to think back to what I actually remembered about Mary and Joseph from my Bible reading days. And I honestly don't remember much about them at all. From the the little bit of recollection I have, it's like they appeared, she gave birth to Jesus, and then that was the end of it. Jesus started growing up. And uh, I really couldn't remember much more about them. So I have no idea if my story encroached on anything uh, that was uh, in the Bible or any of the you know, historical tellings of, of them, but I don't think so. Uh, but either way, it's a story of fiction. And uh, again, I defy you to tell me that uh, this isn't how it happened, because we don't know. We weren't there. The, uh, the next song on the album is called Joy from the World. And this, I, I'm not really sure where the story came from. I, I was just, uh, I was thinking about the Code of Many Colors story, and um, just like, how else could that have happened? Like, what would be another, another way that somebody could create uh, something? And then it just kind of expanded into this. Well, what if somebody was like a, a cobbler, but for coats, and just came in uh, to towns and, and uh, delivered things and, you know, of their own free will and didn't ask for any money and just, you know, wanted to help people? And uh, how would that person get treated? How would they get judged? How would, uh, you know, would people get to know them or, or not get to know them? Or how, how shy might they be? And uh, so the story just sort of developed around that. Uh, it has really no basis in, in anything because uh, the story itself, uh, or the song itself, Joy to the World, uh, really isn't quite uh, similar to this uh, in, in most aspects. But uh, anyway, it's uh, another idea that I had to tell a different type of story, and I hope that you enjoy it. but not until after his death. Before that, he didn't have a name. They referred to him as Kid or Coatmaker. Name or no name, they opened their hearts to this sweet boy whose joy in life was keeping the citizens of the town warm in this extremely cold winter. He even made blankets for their livestock in his spare time. he had come from or where he lived, they just knew they were warm and cozy because of his handiwork. They gave him money and brought him food and trinkets, which he enjoyed. At the end of the day, he would disappear, only to reappear in a couple days with more clothing. That's definitely uh, one of those songs that has a bit of a lesson in it. As I think uh, a lot of these really do, there's there's like a little bit of a lesson in the subtext. And that's something that I, I really wanted to put into each song. And I think it was that sort of a fan of the Twilight Zone 
type thing where you could tell a story that would be shocking or upsetting or whatever, but there was always some little thing that you could learn from it or, or uh, you know, maybe uh, do differently in your life that could prevent you from being in some of those situations. So uh, that was that one. And here's the next one. It is called Shedrick Claws. And that is a story that I will let you research on your own. But my version of it is a little bit different, of course. And, uh, you know, it seems like almost every story that you hear from back in those days either started out with somebody who had their heart broken or uh, a very poor family or, uh, or something. And so uh, I started this one uh, with a very poor family because it just seemed like a traditional kind of thing to do. And even though this is a very non-traditional album, I thought it would be uh, you know, fun to have a little bit based on uh, something a little bit familiar anyway. And then, of course, the story just goes crazy from there. And what happens to our poor friend as he works in his toy factory to try and earn money to help his family? could possibly be hundreds of years old? The answer is in the name itself. James Fredrickson, known better as Santa Claus, was born to a poor family. They had no birthday celebrations and would sometimes go a day or two with no food at all. As he grew older, their situation improved very little and James went to work in a toy factory. That's one of those songs that I, I just had so much fun with putting the music together, um, especially when you're when you're talking about being in a toy factory. There's like all these little things that you could put in there that uh, really wouldn't make sense in other songs. But in that one, it just kind of seems to, to leave you a bit of a different palette to uh, to design on. And uh, that was definitely one of the, the more enjoyable ones for me uh, to put together, even though I, I honestly loved working on each and every one of these songs. Um, speaking of songs, there are more songs to this album. There's a total of nine that you get, uh, including a return sort of of the Sugared Plum Fairy, which you may be uh, familiar with if you listen to the original Haunted Holidays Deadly Christmas album, where, uh, where we cut her head off. This, uh, this next song is called We Wish You a Gory Bloodbath instead of We Wish You a Merry Christmas. Uh, this, I, I was trying to remember the other day what it was that actually inspired the basic concept of this song. And for the life of me, I couldn't do it. I, I think it was, it was either like a, a Tales from the Dark Side episode or something like that, that, uh, that I thought the, the concept was neat. And I took a little bit of that and put it in this, but I can't honestly remember what it was that, uh, that preempted me. But, uh, this is the story of a funeral home director who moves to town and a sudden rash of child deaths around the holidays. Horace was a strange fellow. At least that's how the townsfolk saw him. He pretty much kept to himself because he was socially awkward. Actually, he didn't like people all that much. It was a childhood thing, like with most people. 
On top of that, he owned and operated the town's funeral parlor, which was an automatic entry into not being invited to anything. The people were impressed that he built the parlor himself, including his attached home. They were grateful the first Christmas season he opened his death store because an unusually high number of small children died that year. As uncomfortable as he made everyone, they were grateful to have someone handle the arrangements for them as they were reasonably distraught and overwhelmed with grief. The services were respectful and he helped the parents. So that is the last song on the album with the main narrator's voice. And for the uh, the last song, uh, we go to our old man, our Gandalf, if you will, uh, for deck the halls with bones and sinew. Now this this is honestly I can say my favorite song on the album, and it uh, it I really wanted to write something in the vein of the Twilight Zone episodes, the old classic ones with Rod Serling. There's that uh, personal story that you that you tell the the one person in the story that you kind of feel for, and then there's the mayhem, and then the twist ending, and. Um, yeah, I'm really proud of this. I'm really proud of everything on the album, I have to say. If I wasn't proud of it, it wouldn't have made it on the album. I've uh, cut songs in the past because I thought they weren't really up to scratch, and uh, I have no problem doing that. I had plenty of time to write something else if I'd have wanted to, but I chose not to because I'm I'm very happy with each and every song on this album, and I'm very excited to get it out to the world, to hand it over to you guys uh, for your consumption and hopefully uh, enjoyment. And... This uh, this last one, uh, this next one, I'm not going to play any of the last stand of the Sugared Plum Fairy. I think for those of you that are familiar with the Sugared Plum Fairy, uh, should really get the whole song in its entirety because it connects to the original album and, uh, and experience it that way. So I won't play that one, but I will play some of this one, and I hope that you enjoy it. Hammond had spent his life giving to his family and the many fans he gained during his career as a professional harp player. Unfortunately, it was now all coming to an end. When I say end, I should say it had actually ended a decade ago. His fans had forgotten him since he was no longer able to perform and his family had become his only joy along with the memories of years gone by and concerts remembered only by him. On Thanksgiving, just days after receiving the news from his doctor telling him he wouldn't live past New Year's, he had gathered his loved ones. After dinner, just before breaking the news, he went to grab a fresh case of wine. Stopping to double-check the label, he heard low voices in the next room where his family was waiting. Niles leaned his ear to the door and learned his family couldn't wait for him to die so they could snatch up his fortune and no longer have to endure his tireless stories told over and over. They seemed equally excited never to... So that uh, that story will continue on in the full version if you get it on the album. 
you can also, if you're, if you like uh, maybe one or two of the songs, but you don't want to necessarily get the whole album, every one of them will be made available as a single that you can purchase for download on uh, iTunes, Amazon, all those places. I don't know uh, if I think Google Play does that too, where you can uh, just purchase an individual song. So if that's the only one that you want to hear, you can just get that one. If you want to hear the whole album or three or four of them, um, the album's on sale for nine ninety nine in most places. Some of the places they have their own uh, percentage increase, like Amazon, I think is a is a few cents less or a few cents more. I can't remember now. Uh, but nine ninety nine is going to be the standard price around most places on the internet. Again, if you want to do a review of the album, get in contact with me. You can reach out to me at scott at scotthaskin.com. That is my uh, primary email for all things Scott Haskin music and more that uh, all the other things that I do between the books and audiobooks and the podcast and, and all of that stuff. Um, thank you very much for joining me on this exciting day of album release. I am very, very anxious to uh, get this out to you guys and to hear what you think. Uh, it's, you know, it's something that you can play at your Halloween party. And if you have a sort of a dark family, it's something that you could play at your Christmas party. But that's why I put them out before Halloween, because it's really more of a, uh, a creepy story thing. They just happen to be uh, related to Christmas songs. But really, the vibe is more Halloween, I think, than Christmas for at least for most families. So check it out, share it with your friends, leave a review, leave a uh, rating, whatever the rating system is, like on iTunes, it's stars. I think Amazon is stars. I'm not sure what Google Plays is, uh, that sort of thing. You can also stream the album on Spotify if you like, uh, but hopefully it's something that you'll want to have uh, in your collection. And uh, I thank you guys for taking the time to sit with me on this exciting day of release. We will be back on our normal schedule this coming Wednesday with a uh, episode with an episode with a episode. I can't even speak anymore with an episode of the Haskin Cast podcast back on its regularly scheduled time. I've got some great guests and great things coming up through the rest of the month. I did confirm uh, with Michael that he and I will be able to record the review of the Sedona UFO tour that he took me on. And uh, I'm really excited to have him on, especially because the uh, the audio recording with the handheld recorder did not work out as I had hoped. And I still can't explain why. That's the creepy thing. <laughs> Just amazing timing that it would happen that way, I suppose. But thank you guys for joining me. Have a great, great rest of your weekend. And uh, check out the album and tell me what you think. Cheers. <laughs>